welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Ronnie Wright, the acclaimed photographer to the stars. Ronnie has worked alongside legends like Michael Jackson and Beyonce with over four decades of capturing iconic moments and influential figures in hip-hop. Ronnie's portfolio outshines that of many renowned predecessors. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Ronnie Wright is what's hot. Hey, Ronnie. How you hey, doing? man. I, I know I made it when I made it on your show, What's Hot, Home America. It is a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. I've been, you know, we, we've hung out and we've had some great times. And uh, uh, and so this is just a continuation of, of our hanging out, Ronnie. Well, what's going to make this so interesting is that we, we've hung out. So that's why it, I know it's going to be compelling and, and, and absolutely great today, man. Fantastic. So <clears throat> let us start with, let, let's take the, the Wayback Machine and okay. tell us what it was like growing up as little Ronnie Wright. Well, I grew up in Harlem, Sugar Hill section of Harlem, which was 151st Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. And I came from a two-family household. You know, my mother and father was there. And on my block, everybody had their mother and fathers back then. So we talking about coming up in the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. And um, I had brothers and sisters and we were just great. We, we, we had a great childhood and um, we made it until now. Thank God. <laughs> okay. But now, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a little frog in my throat here. <clears throat> ribbit, ribbit. <clears throat> um, so, all right. So, so growing up, you grew up in Harlem and uh, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Everybody asked me that what I wanted to be when I was a kid. We was kids. We didn't know what we wanted to be. We wanted to be something. I mean, like, I played basketball. I played for the Henry Hudson Little League back in 68 and 69. So maybe I thought I was going to be another rock or something. I don't know. I just, I went where the day took me. And um, I just, I always kept a level head. I always tried to keep a, a straight path and just, you know, do try to do the right thing. Well, and then you, how did you, your, your, your musical family, you, you got into music. Okay. My mother, this. my mother, um, she was a pianist. She was a pianist and uh, not professionally, but she played, my mm -hmm. mother played all instruments. She played the piano. She played the harp. She played the drums. She played the guitar. She played the banjo. And she also played the, remember the juice harp? Yeah. You know, with the country western guys. Yeah. You know, she played that and she was just all well rounded. And you know, my older sister, my brothers, they were singing, and my brother-in-law, he was in a doo-wop group. And you know, so I came up with all this. And and um, and my sister, she was best friends with Ronnie Spector and um Leslie Uggles, Barbara McNair, Frankie Lyman. They all went to Stitt Junior High School together. So mm -hmm. in that neighborhood, you know, coming up, I seen a lot of that stuff and a lot of those people. So I guess I was destined to be in show business. So your first uh, endeavor into show business 
uh, was how and uh, with whom? Well, um, back in the late 60s, I had I formed a little group on my block, man. It was like five of us. And uh, we used to sing. We used to do the Jackson 5 stuff and things like that. So we went to the Apollo, you know, did Amateur Night, and we won. And, you know, things started taking off. And then um, one day my mother said, we moving. I was like, where? You know, I used to go down <laughs> south for the summer. She said, we moving to Greenville, South Carolina. I was like, okay. I like going down there in the summertime, but I didn't know we was, I was going to leave all my friends and we go down there. So we went down there, and I left in 71. And um, bring it up to date, I came back after I graduated from high school because my my older sister was here in New York, and she said, "Why don't you come on come on up and go to college with us?" Me, my niece, and my nephew, we all went to BMCC together. And um, after that, I met I met a young lady by the name of Denise Smith, and uh, we was in class together. So I was in the music class. She told me she had a group called Seduction, and she was the drummer, and she needed a lead vocalist, and she knew I was a singer. And um, one thing led to another. Now I, I came in and you know formed the band, help her form the band. We got some other um, instrumentalists, and um, we started rehearsing. And one thing led to another, and we got a gig. I think my first gig was at the Cellar Restaurant, 95th and Columbus. Oh, so I, I took the band, I took the band in there, man, and, and we started doing things. Then we started opening up for different groups like Machito. Um, Tito Puente, we would have summer shows and my band would come on first and um, hey, and the rest of history, here I am like 46 years later still in show business and well, a little bit longer than that, but I'm just claiming that at that. <laughs> and and it, life's been life's been pretty, pretty nice. Thank God. Well, well okay, so now as a, a singer and you got this band and you're you're uh, opening up for all these acts, and I certainly remember the cellar. The cellar was a popular oh, place. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Phyllis Hyman, Phyllis Hyman yeah. got started down there, and and I seen I seen you in there a couple of times, Frankie Crocker. All of us, man, was I was I was there taking notes, learning my craft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to go in there quite and often. For, me, for so, me to sing on that cellar stage, man, I felt so compelled. Like, whoa, this is Eureka! I'd I'd hit it, man. This is the cellar. And you yeah. know, when I, while I was still down south, my sister would tell me about the cellar. So she took me into the cellar and introduced me to everybody back in '78, and um, mm -hmm. that was a nice ride. I, I met so many people in there: Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie. Um, oh God, you name it. Uh, John Lucien. Everybody used to come through there. Gene Keith, Frankie Crocker, Vaughn Harper. You name it. Yeah, that was uh, what 94th 95th and... in Columbus. In, in and Columbus, then right, right, right across the street, we had McKell's on 97th and Columbus. Exactly, so McKell yeah. wouldn't let us in there because we were so young. So we used to peek in the window and watch No Pointer play that blue violin and Phyllis oh, yeah. Hammond and, and um, Grace Jones or whoever was in there at the time. We would just, you know, like 97th Street is the widest street in, in Manhattan, if you ask me. And we used to be on our tiptoes, me and my friends, just looking in the in the window. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, all right. Did um, you you have the moniker now of photographer to the stars? When did uh, you, you first pick up the camera, and did you go to school for it, or were you still? Uh, good question. Um, let's get back to my mother. My mother had she was kind of like the photographer in our family, so she had remember that little square point and shoot camera, one ten or whatever it was, the Kodak camera with the square oh, yeah. bulb. 
So that was yeah, my practice, yeah. that was my practice camera. So we used to go into the park on 151st Street in Amsterdam, which is called the Battlegrounds now. And um, I used to go in there. We take pictures, my sisters and all of us playing, and the friends in the neighborhood. Where those pictures are right now, I can't find them, but. I did. So I think that was the kickoff. And that was like back in like 67, 68, stuff like that. I started, you know, using a camera and stuff. And then, too, I used to sell the papers on Sunday. So I would, um, you know, after my paper route on Sunday, my mother would let me and my friends, uh, like five of my friends, we would go down to the Apollo. And mm -hmm. you know where Eva used to sit? The lady used to grab everybody on at the Apollo? That was yeah. my seat when I was a kid. So the Apollo really? used to let us in when we was kids. Yeah, we'd pay like $5, get in there and see the Temptations, the Delphonics, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, uh, Diana Ross Supremes, all of them back in the day. You remember that? When it was $5 oh, I to the Apollo. And I think Frank's was 50 cents or a dollar. And um, that was like the, the intro of my um, entertainment uh, dealing. So wow. and the rest was history from that, man. Well, you know, I, I got my start at the Apollo too. Uh, I used to sell eight by ten glossy photos out front, and then oh, uh, yeah. and, 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 and then management uh, Honeycolds would, would chase me away. Me and, and my friend, me and my friend, my mentor Alton uh -huh. Collier, and we go around the back and catch folks coming out the back and, and sell oh, them. Wait, wait, hold, hold that thought. I used to do that too. I used to go around the corner. And David Ruffin them would throw some money out and ask us to go to the store. And that was our way into the Apollo. So we, I would do that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I I followed your footsteps. You did, huh? And yeah. and then like the, the three months later, I got hired at, at the WLIB FM, which became WBLS. Yeah. Uh, and then and then about another maybe four months, the Apollo Theater hired me to be the MC for the Temptations and Spinner show. I had never been on a professional stage before, but for a whole week in about 14 shows, I was the, the MC, and that's how I got my start. Wait, gee, so did, did Honeycombs, at, after directing the band, did he look back at you and say, hey, I know that kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I used to see Honeycomb all the time up there, man. He was so dope. And, um... Yeah. Ralph Cooper, Ralph Cooper Sr. I remember yeah. him too. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, B B Bobby Schiffman, the uh, the son of the owner, was the one that that uh, hired me. They paid me $800 for that week. Now, that's 1973. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money for somebody who didn't know anything about anything, you know. See, but, see uh, how fate, see how fate, we never know our destiny, but see how faith is, man? Like, you didn't know what you walked into by being out there selling those pictures. Things happen. Things happen. I had no idea. So, okay, Ronnie. So now you you uh, got your start taking photos with the you know your mom had the camera and everything. But how did you start taking the the, the photos of the entertainers? How did that happen? Okay, so sometime after you know, still during the time the course of my band, um, I would go out and shoot other acts. I ain't, there was nobody there to shoot us that I knew of. So I have no, I have a few pictures of me on stage, but there was nobody like doing what I do now. And mm -hmm. it really started when I, I really got interested when I was in the uh, 11th grade in high school, like around 1976. And I started, you know, taking pictures of my friends when I was in high school and uh, shooting the football games and this and that. And then during that same time, the funk concerts was happening and I would go out and shoot um, Parliament Funkadelic, uh, Bootsy, um, 
all those guys um, back in the Dubois K's, Confunction, and all of them back in, in the early days. And that just led up to another, another, another realm. And I, uh, I just continued to do it. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. And then, you know, Maria Davis, she was having a lot of fashion shows back in the early 80s and asked me to come and shoot that. So that was like a, a liaison. And then a lot of entertainers came through and, you know, can you come and shoot my show and this and that. One thing led to another. So, like I said, it's been a 46-year run for me, and it's been God's grace and uh, a blessing. And um, my I guess you can call this my ministry. And um, I'm just thankful, thankful to be alive and thankful to be here to do what I do. Praise God. Well, now, the uh, you had a long 14-year run with uh, the record companies and, and, and everything. No, uh, no, longer than that. I had Longer a 14-year run with 106 in Park. I was a photographer on the oh. show for that, for the whole 14-year run. But the record company, I've been doing the record company stuff for like over 30 years. And as well as the magazines, like Right On, Word Up, Black Beat, Vibe, Spice, Sauce, um, you name it. Ebony Jet, Essence. And you just came back from shooting uh, Stevie Wonder's, what, the... Oh, family reunion down in um, Dallas, Texas. How did you know about that? I see word get around. But um, <laughs> yeah, he couldn't make it, unfortunately, because he had just had surgery. So mm-hmm. his cousin said that he, you know, he wasn't going to be able to make it. So I stayed down there for like five days and, you know, shot the family. And, and Stevie has a big family. And Stevie has some beautiful women in that family as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I, um, uh, many and years that, ago. That's, that's also through my pastor. Her name is um, Apostle Charlie Hardaway, who's Stevie's first cousin. She's the one that mm-hmm. brought me in. And um, her organization, her church is MB88. Church Without Walls, and so she's an online um, church, but we do a lot of things together. She Her mission is to help others, and um, she was like a 14-year-old girl when um, um, Emmett Till died, and mm-hmm. she went to the funeral, so she said whenever she got established, she would be able to um, help that, that community, you know, for the kids coming up. So I've been back to um, Mississippi with her, and, um, you know, helping, you know, shooting the landscape and the and the places she's gonna build and the tearing down of buildings and putting up new stuff. So I've been like on a mission with her, you know, as well. So it's been quite busy. You have uh, quite an archive. Uh, and I, I remember years ago, you told me that some of your stuff had gotten destroyed or thrown out or something. Uh, um, I, I lost a storage spot where I lost a lot of pictures, but I was able to save. Oh, you know what? That's the, that's a good story. I had it stuff in storage. So some somebody, a guy called me one day. So my storage unit was sold, and they took it to this little um, boutique place. And uh, this guy had looked in there. He saw my number, so he had called me and said, "I have some pictures for you." So he had like fifty photo albums that I had all my Michael Jackson pictures, wow. pictures of you, Frankie, everybody in there. And wow. he told me to come down. So I got a friend of mine from Brooklyn. She came and got me in Queens. And we went out there. And um, I went in and introduced myself. So this guy said, yo, it was a pleasure. I looked through you. I knew you wanted these pictures. So I got out. Keep. I was, I was hyperventilating. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. So <laughs> I got there. And so I asked him at that. He said, go ahead. Go get it. So I asked him. I said, what do I owe you? He said, nothing. 
I was like, oh my God. So I started crying. I was like, this thing, this is not real. God is good. And um, we put all the stuff in the car. So when I went in, I saw my my leather jackets laying on the floor and they just took my stuff in there and just threw it down. And, and I was able to get this stuff back. I stuffed her car. I took that stuff home. So by the time my kids got back from school that day, they saw all the stuff piled up in the living room. My daughter, Dorian, my oldest daughter, she was like, Daddy, you got your stuff back? I said, I got y'all's future back right here. So from then on, I've been so conscious and, you know, so protective and so thankful. So I was like, you know, God is a good God because he looked out. And that guy that looked out for me, I kept his number. I said, anything I can do for you, man, you'll always be in my memories. I got you. I thanked him you, so much. Do you, you remember his name? You want to give him a shout out? I don't know his name offhand, but he's in my phone somewhere. But I'm I'm just so appreciative to him. Oh, yes. And he, he was a white rock star. Really? So he wow. knew the value of those pictures. Fantastic. Yep. Wow. Uh, so now uh, we're going to uh, pause to take a break uh, for a moment. But uh, we're here with Mr. Ronnie Wright, photographer to the stars. And he's got many, many more stories that he's going to tell us about some of the stars he's worked with and maybe some funny anecdotes or something. Uh, but I'm glad that you're here with us. And uh, don't forget to download the Harlem America app to your TV. We're available on your TV where you can see a lot of our interviews with some of the greatest people. And also you can download the Harlem America app to your cell phone so you can take us with you in your pocket. So please remember to do that. I'm G. Keith Alexander, and uh, we're with Mr. Ronnie Wright, and we'll be right back. Uh, and a few short shakes. Oh, Ronnie, you got something to say real quick? No, no, I was just throwing up a piece of time saying thank you. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll be right back. Thank you. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them. They subscribe to them. And they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. 
To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. And that's the great Kevin Bernard. She's got a wonderful uh, voiceover career going on, and she's the voice of What's Hot Harlem America. You so, know, you know who, she re- who she reminds me of? Who? Re- re- I don't know if you remember, Elma John used to be on WWRL. Oh, yes, and, yes. And her, her com- I remember one of her commercials. Elros 5 by 300, Elros 5 by 300. <laughs> I remember that from being a kid. Because really? her brother was a friend of my mother and father, uh, Jimmy John. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I remember a lot of stuff from back there because I used to be a big WWRL fan. Jeffrey Troy, oh, Hank Span, Symphony Sid, Sad Sam. I remember all those cats. Well, I, you know what? Now that you brought the WWRL up, I, I have to give credit to those folks because I, I stand on their shoulders. Oh, they yeah. were like the temptations of radio. Yes, you know? yes. They were Jeffrey so cool. Troy, all of them. Jer- Jerry B, uh, you know, all oh, of them. Oh, yeah. You know, Hank Span. So anyway, my brother, so um, let's talk about... Um, well, we were talking about your ar- archive, which is a perfect segue for the fact that uh, about two months ago, I think it was, I went out to Brooklyn and saw your exhibit, your hip hop exhibit. Oh, was yes, it, yeah. Uh, and, and and is it still up or not? No, no, I just had it up for that, that week. And uh, right after that, uh, Ralph McDaniels called me and I did the um, the Queens Library for, for the whole month of June, Black Music Month. And um, that turned out nice. And thank you for coming down, man, supporting me, man. And we had a great, you know, I had woke up, my birthday was April 15th. So I was like, I usually have a party, but since I got old, I guess nobody wanted to throw me a party anymore. <laughs> so my two friends, Kevin and Steve, um, who runs the um, Hip Hop Path, I called them and we got together and I said, you know, let's just do a photo exhibit on the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And um, we rented out the studio in Brooklyn, and one thing led to another. We uh, printed up some pictures right quick, the pictures that you saw, and uh, we just made it happen. And the rest is history, man. We're we, we doing it. And, you know, that's for the hip-hop. And after that will be funk, jazz, R&B, more to come. Tell our audience, uh, uh, the, the audience that's listening and the audience that's watching on TV, uh, tell them who were some of the artists uh, that you displayed in your exhibit? Oh, um, LL had his own wall. Um, we had the Fresh Prince, um, Buster Rhymes, um, Queen Latifah, uh, Kumo D, uh, KRS-One, um, Run DMC, just to name a few. It, it was so many. So do you have any stories you can tell us uh, about some of these people that you've worked with? Um, you know, um, my humble beginnings in, in working with them and their beginnings, um, we all like came up together. So not only were they my clients, they were my friends. So we have personal relationships. Like, you know, one day you and I and Melly Mel got together on Hunt 25th Street in front of Sylvia. Right. And I've always said that you and Melly Mel reminded me of brothers, man, because y'all look just alike. And for me, oh, to be oh, a, he, he, he's got more muscles. He's oh, got yeah, more muscles. M- m- muscle Simmons now. So to be amongst you two that day, and we took that picture together. That was classic, man. To be against, you know, right next to my my favorite two guys, and 
that was that was just an honor. And you know, like I said, um, just coming up with these guys and knowing them personally, and you know, they they call you, and then me, you know, working at 106 in Park during that time, just keeping guys in the magazines and keeping them, you know, astute with everybody, so they can see who they are and who they were, and um, it's just been a, a blessing and a, and a great ride. You you have recently worked with um, Beyonce when. And I say recently, meaning that you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. sometime in the, you, know, you worked with her. Uh, what did you uh, do with uh, Beyonce? Oh, we did plenty of things. I, I shot her concerts. I shot um, some pictures of her for different magazines. Um, you know, just different out and about stuff. Uh, I've been shooting Destiny's Child since they was like 16. So, yeah. you know, we, we go a long way back as well. And uh, yep. uh, what did you do with uh, MJ, with Michael? Oh, I did his tours. Um, you know, we, we had a big in-store when we had uh, Virgin Megastore downtown. So I I did that. I did um, Madison Square Garden, um, California, a whole, whole bunch of stuff with Michael's. Just so much. I still can't believe he's gone. Great yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, wow. We had so much fun together, you know, like just being there. And, and and when Mike when Mike puts his real voice on, hey Ronnie, I was like, oh, Mike. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That that high pitched voice, you know, we all know that was part of the facade. Hi, hi, uh, Mike. You know they from Indiana, so you know they they got a country slang, country twang, or whatever you want to call it. But Mike Mike had a voice. Mike wasn't no punk now. Mike knew his stuff. <laughs> I dug that dude. Really? Wow. And, and you know, the, the funny thing about it, we the same age, but when Michael started, we always thought we was older than him. Me and him was born in 1958. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, we the same age. Michael. Only difference, he yeah. got more money, he had more money than I did, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was in Chicago, I went to a nightclub that was in the neighborhood and they were Jackson Five. They were little kids and the place was jam-packed. I mean, jam-packed. And I was lucky enough to be able to stand. It was so jam-packed, I was about maybe 12 inches from the group when they were singing. So I got a chance yeah. to see Michael as a, a, a little guy, and I never got a chance to really meet him uh, when he became the Michael Jackson that we know. But uh, that was uh, a really a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful ride for him. So... <clears throat> What else can you tell us about some of the, the, the entertainers and stars that you've uh, worked with? I mean, well, gee, Keith, there's so many stories. Um, I guess some of y'all going to have to wait for the book. It's not going to be a tell-all book. It's going to be a pictorial, but it will be captions and stuff in there. And um, this is a prototype right here. And um, can you see? Yeah, it's called Entertainment and Icons or Entertainers and Icons. Yeah. And great, um, great what, I, what I do, I, I put this prototype together so I can, um, you know, um, get some interest in it. So, you, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. And, and these are like just some of the pictures that I've taken over the years of some of the artists, a little collective of um, different artists from different genres and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I guess I can say coming soon. Coming soon. So, uh, so you are going to do a, a crowd, uh, what do you call it, a crowd share, crowd source, or or something like that to raise money? 
I I may and I may have some investors, so I'm just you know keeping my counting my blessings and cutting my losses and hoping that things work out the right way. Give it all up mm -hmm. to God and you know you know because we got we got to wake up and somebody got to wake us up in the morning. So I think that man upstairs, you know, he got our back. You know, he got you going with Harlem America, got me going with the Ronnie Wright Right Time Photography. So you know we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. It's, so, our time. It's, it's our last go round, G. Keith. So whatever we do, we got to do it and do it good. You got it right. You got yeah. it right. We and less now, those I, <laughs> one thing I did not uh, touch on, and this was very important because uh -huh. uh, the, the uh, James Vanderzee and also Gordon Parks. Now, Gordon yeah. Parks... Folks may not know that uh, he was a, a famous photographer, photojournalist, but he also was the uh, producer of the first Shaft movie. Uh, yeah. And uh, in fact, I had Richard Roundtree on the show, and Richard said that uh, that Shaft was actually uh, Gordon Parks, that Gordon Parks actually put, you know, kind of a designed Shaft to be, uh, a, you know, sort of a, uh, how can I say uh, uh, a portrait of him? Simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right. right. Uh, so, tell me, you know, what work did you do with Gordon Parks? Well, we did the thing up in Harlem. You know, recapitulation uh, um, of um, the nineteen fifty eight jazz photo. So we did it with all the rappers back in I think we did it in nineteen ninety eight up in Harlem. So we he got all the rappers together, and I was like up there assisting on that set and um I took the behind the scenes photos and um you know just listening to Gordon Parks I couldn't understand what he was saying with that pipe in his mouth and yeah. you know but just to be there and be next to him was like I can't believe this is happening so you know like some things happen by chance and by faith and that was one of my pivotal moments you know like working with Gordon Parks and a lot of photographers wish they had that opportunity. And I just want to tell you guys, it was a pleasure, you know, being there. You know, we worked together a couple of times. I did some award shows with him and stuff. And um, it was just beautiful. I have I have one picture with me, Gordon Parks, Malcolm Lee, and Warrington Hutland that will be in the book. Um, just to be with those directors, those three directors, and we all photographers as well. That's that's a classic picture. I'll send that to you later on. That was okay, so cool. uh, unbelievable. I couldn't believe that happened. Now they you, you spoke of the uh, trying to recreate the Great Day in Harlem. It's called the Great Day in Harlem. Art Kane assembled about fifty-seven jazz musicians uh, yeah. right here on right here on on my block uh, oh, uh, yeah? down the street. Yeah, right down the street in the next block. Are you on the same? Are you on the same block with Vi Higginson? I'm on the same block with Vi. Okay, just, okay. Just down the street. Oh, just down I, did, the street. I did that picture too with um, Kiss back in the day. Right. I don't know if you were there. Were you there? I was in it. Yes. <laughs> I was in it. So, yeah. I, hey, there you go. I, I did history again. To there shoot all those Kiss artists, that was like, all oh, I got that, all y'all together that day. That was crazy. That all of the the DJs and radio personalities yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, news uh, men and, and you women. Know sometimes, Keith, I just want to I just want to pat myself on the back because I think I did a hell of a job and I, I really worked. A, this is like the front line, you know, being a photographer and, and capturing those moments for the community and the things I do with Harlem Week 
and you know, with Don Thomas over at the Beacon, and you know, the things that you and I at, and when we do the um, the Apollo um, galas Gala. and stuff like that, it's yeah. just like so. I do, I do get back to the community, and um, I'm appreciative of myself, and I'm I'm so thankful to be able to do this. And yeah, I, it really don't dawn upon me until we, like we talking now, or I, mm-hmm. I have to look through some pictures and find some archives or something. And I just do like one job and just, you know, put it to the side and go to the next job. Like the other day, I just did uh, Melvin Moore's uh, new album release at the Sugar Bar. Great. Dion Warwick came out, Valerie Simpson was there. And um, uh, Vivian Chu and Ray Chu. Mm-hmm. And um, we, had, we had some great times, man. Oh, great, great. Scotty, great. Scotty Flash was in the house. Say what? Scotty Flash was in the house. Oh, really? I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, we, we'll be working together probably uh, at uh, Harlem Week as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, Harlem Week is coming up next month uh, in August, and uh, it's such a great, great festive time here in Harlem uh, for about uh, – I guess for about three weeks, even though they call it Harlem week, it lasts three to four weeks, uh, you know, and uh, so I, I guess I'll be seeing you out there uh, doing your wonderful uh, Ronnie Wright uh, work. Uh, but but I, want, I want you to let the Harlem America audience know that whenever I'm shooting, I always include G Keep in the photo. I make sure he is always a part of that history and we always, mm-hmm. we always get it in. You and Debbie B. You do, and I I'm thank sure. you so very, very much for that. I mean, uh, now, you know, having been in um, New York radio and television for so long, I've met many photographers, and some of them are really great guys, and they treat me really nice. But when Ronnie Wright comes along, Ronnie yells out my name. Ronnie makes sure that I'm <laughs> in the shot, even when I used to walk uh, the red carpet and stuff for for the yes. galas and everything. All those photographers would be back there shooting and stuff. And, but Ronnie, cheeky, cheeky, look over here, you know. And uh, so I got to thank you for that, Ronnie. Uh, you and your you and your twin son, yes, yeah. <laughs> Taylor. Yeah. And uh, I also, pre- I'm, I'm thank I thank you for uh, always asking about my daughter Cheyenne. She, she she's now, she's singer. become a great singer now herself. I'm gonna give you her number. You need to find her. You know she's a five time Apollo champion, really? and I can't get her to take a song across the street right now. You know I don't know why she don't <laughs> want to do it right now. But you might you might have to initiate that and talk to her and try to get her back on track. Wow. And, and she, she's about, what, 25 now? Yeah, she just turned 25, yeah. Okay, all right. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, 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 Ronnie, now let me ask you something. Uh-huh. There are all these photographers, these wonderful people that uh, like to capture the moments and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> How is it that when you come to to the set that you take charge? <laughs> Well, somebody got to do it because they don't know what they're doing, you know. <laughs> and beside that, you know, uh, another thing too, where I cheated because I have relationships with the artists, so I can always get that shot. Tony Braxton's right there or something. It's, I, I would, I would get that shot before she see me, and I get a hug because I want to make sure I capture that moment. And um, these guys always gravitate to me. These are the same guys that used to push me on the red carpets and stuff. Now they all want to be next to me. <laughs> so um, I do take charge. You're right. It's not that I'm authoritative, but I just want to make sure that, you know, we get it. And when I get it, I make sure they get it. 
So I do yeah. share. I'm not one of those guys who want to get the exclusive and say that, um, oh, this is going to be my shot. I don't do that. I mean, I've I've ran into photographers that do that. And I've even had to tighten some dudes up on the red. I, I knocked a guy out one time on the red carpet and I got kicked off the red carpet. So I um I don't I don't take no junk man I don't play I I get I get the job done, and don't don't step on my my parade man. Well, see now you just made uh, reference to your knocking out somebody on the red carpet. You you are a martial arts expert. Yes. How long have you been studying martial? Well, arts? I first got in, in interested in uh, martial arts in 1973. Um. Mm-hmm. While I was in South Carolina, and uh, well, I, I did it. No, I, no, I can't say seventy three. Before that, like sixty nine, I used to go to Menacing and um, uh-huh. and, and study martial arts as being a cadet. And um, and when I got when we had made that transition down to South Carolina, I uh-huh. uh, I met I met somebody Will Wright who was a martial artist, and he started teaching me. And I got involved in the Southeastern Karate Association. Then I came when I came back to New York. I uh, you know got involved with great grandmaster Aaron Banks and um, Jerry Fontanez, who's one of my martial art teachers, and um, Master Soup, who I'm training with now, and Demetrius Angelo and Fred Williamson. All of us, all of us are in the same same clique. So we all get down and I don't I don't fight or anything anymore. But what I do, I do. I keep up with my keep my chops up just in case, you know. So I'm involved now with Demetrius Angelo, which we have Urban Action Showcase, which we um, showcase artists from all around the world every year. And uh, he bring all the greats in from all from Japan, China, Africa, wherever, you know, martial artists to showcase their movies. And things like that. I think I invited you to it. Yeah, you came. Remember the thing we do at the at the movie theater on Forty Second Street. Oh right, 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 right. So, so we do that, and I just I just keep up, and then I I shoot most of the guys, and you know get them out to the magazines like the martial art magazines and, and things like that. So I just stay active, man, and I'm always ready. So when I walk down the street, I have no fear because I know if it's like four or five guys, I can at least take out two of them. Before they all with my butt, you know. So, well, well, look, I think that myself, uh, and I've not, I'm not a martial arts expert. I'm just a former marine. I think if well, well, guys, you, 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 got, two, you have some I, training, so one day I'm gonna get all the guys out. We're gonna go to Central Park, and I want you to come. We just, you know, just catch up on our on our cheese, man. Just you know, get it together. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, then, just we have to take a break right now. Okay. But I, I just want you to give a shout out to the great Black Dragon. Oh, Ron Van Cleef and Michael Jai White, who is the new great um, Black Dragon. I just want to say this to y'all, and God bless you, Mike and Ron Van Cleef, who's eighty-two years old and still doing his thing. And um, no, eighty years old and still doing it. And he's in Hawaii right now. So you know, this to you, Master. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break, uh, and we'll be right back with Mr. Ronnie Wright on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Don't go away. Have you? 
you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem, America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, thank you for coming back. And uh, I just want to remind you to download the Harlem America app onto your TV or and onto your cell phone. Take us along with you. Okay. Hey, hey Ronnie, uh, I'm going to, I've, I've been trying to figure out the right time to get uh, Ron Van Cleef uh, on, on the show because he's got a big story to tell. And he, he's even got some animation uh, uh, that he's been doing as well. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he's still competing. So yes. I'd like to get him on. I will, you will definitely get him on. I'm going to put you in contact with him after we talk on this show. Well, I, I have a cell. And, and and also we're we're in contact on on Facebook and stuff, so uh, yeah. You you you, you gonna call him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let so let's talk about um, you. You've got thousands of photos and and everything, uh, and they're very historic photos. And I always say that if we don't tell our own stories, who else will? So now tell us about your 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 trying to get into the Smithsonian or the Smithsonian has uh, approached um, you or what? Yeah, well, that that's the next thing I'm working on. Um, I'm trying to get, you know, I understand that the Smithsonian has a hip-hop section and I don't know about the R&B and stuff like that, but I would like to have some of my archives um, noted up in there. And uh, I got my team working on that as of right now. Great. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be in the Smithsonian under the uh, Carolyn Jones uh, collection, you know, Carolyn Jones advertising. Uh, she's got some of my voiceovers uh, uh, in her collection. So well, I think because, I think we're going to, I think we're going to have to liaison that Miss Carolyn Jones. We're gonna have to talk. That wasn't the lady that was on just now, right? No, 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 no. no okay. No. We, we definitely need to talk to her and um, let's well, get it unfortunately, in. unfortunately she has passed. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure somehow through somebody that you know, we will know, you know. <laughs> uh, so, all right. And then um, you, you mentioned uh, once we were talking, you were like, you'd like to get uh, your some of your archive into the Schomburg as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
for folks who which I know Harlem America has influence on that. Um, I don't know who the liaison is up there right now, but I don't see why not. I was born in Harlem Hospital. I'm a Harlem Knight, so I should be representing Harlem. Well, I have had the pleasure of having the executive director, uh, Ms. Joy Bivens, uh, on on the show. Uh, she is a wonderful woman, and uh, also there's uh, Kevin over at the uh, Schomburg. And right. uh, perhaps we can work something out. That'd be absolutely fabulous. So, oh, gee, just, so, just to let you know, look. Yeah. School of the Great Commission Theological Seminary, Director of Christian Leadership, Ronald Edward Wright. So you are a reverend now? No, just doctor is the title. Oh, so you're, you're a doctor, a, a doctor well, of theological... I didn't, I didn't study doctor, doctor. I don't know how to, if, if you get a headache, I don't know how to give you nothing to ask for. But, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a next plateau. So I'm just like, thankful to God, you know, I was able to get that. And, um, you know, just working, man. So I just want to let y'all know I'm well-rounded. I try to do everything I can. Not only can I fight, take pictures, and um, leadership, I can also um, cook. <laughs> um, I do dishes, uh, you know, so, so many things. I mop floors. I do, so, you know, like when we got, when we, when we were kids, we said we wanted to do things, but as we get older, we start crafting it and start really setting out to do that, you know, do, mm -hmm. you know, uh, master of all traits and oh, wait, jack of all traits and master of none. No, we're right. going we gonna to flip that. So we do the things now that, now that we got older, we, we can accomplish that. So that's what I've done. You know, I used to watch Bruce Lee on the, the Green Hornet. And, you know, mm -hmm. now I know Bruce Lee's family members and people that, that, that fought with him, like Ron Van really? Cleef. And, really? um, you know, it's just, you know, when you set your goals and you know you want to do it, you do mm -hmm. it. Um, we have, Pap, you know, I've been on tour with all the funk bands and the hip hop bands and stuff like that, the R&B groups. And, you know, you got that, you got a dark path to go down, you got a good path to go down. I always seem to miss the dark path and, always, you know, just keep a straight head, you know. So I never drank and smoked and did none of that. I always like to stay focused. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's contributed to a lot of stuff. And, you know, God within your heart. Um, I just contribute all that to me being where I am today. And I'm just thankful. I haven't reached that plateau. I'm not rich, nothing like that. I'm, I ride on the on the subways and the buses. People be like, what you doing on the train? I'm like, I don't have a Rolls Royce or nothing. This is how I travel. You know, people find it funny. I, I see people sometimes they recognize me and be like, I think that's him. You know, a lot of oh, when I was in the airport coming back from Texas, this girl was behind me. She said, Excuse me, are you Ronnie Wright? I was like, gee, I got chills, man. I was like, What? <laughs> she said, I follow you. I was like, Oh my God, hit me up so I can, you know, follow you back. She was like, she noticed me in the airport down in Dallas, Texas. I was like, and she was fine, G. Oh, oh really? my God. Yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I was so, you know, just thankful. You know, some people Did you tell her all me. about me? I know. Did you I, tell I, her I, all about me? She do hit me up. I'll I let her know. I'll oh. let her know what's hot in Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you know, it's a, a blessing when, uh, you know, you're walking and minding your own business and people yeah. recognize you. Or people acknowledge you, uh, or people just sometimes may even nod, just nod the head. Oh, you know? wait, let me tell you this story. Me and Keith Sweat was in um, Amsterdam, and him and I, we was going shopping. So we was walking down the street, right, in Amsterdam. 
All of a sudden, somebody said, Ronnie Wright. It's this girl running down the street toward me and Keith. A friend of mine, her boyfriend lived over there. And Keith mm-hmm. turned around to me and said, who the hell know you over here? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't see it because she was so far away. But she recognized me and Keith. I guess we was the only oh. black things walking down the street. So she oh. ran up with us, man. And I saw her, I hugged her. And Keith, I introduced her to Keith. They took pictures. And I was like, well, and then we went, I was in Japan with Keith. Me, Keith, the Booyah Tribe, Queen Latifah, Tony, 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 we was all over there. Him and I walking down the street again. Here comes somebody else down, Ronnie, in Japan, <laughs> G. Keith. Another dude that I knew was over there. And I'm like, wow. how ironic is this? I would never, I never even dreamed of going to Japan or Amsterdam. But to be over there and to find somebody that knew me and, and running down the street, I was like, well, this is, sometimes life is so surreal. You don't, you just don't. Like, I know you had those surreal days when you was at Studio 54. You seen stuff that you would never see again. Oh, yes. You're absolutely that was, correct. That was beautiful, man. So, you know, like, life is life is beautiful, man. And, you know, they're trying to take it all away from us, man, but we got to fight to stay alive. Because in the ghetto, right. only the strong survive. There you go. You remember that there from the Temptations. <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you this, Ronnie. What... Um... Do you have any regrets? Anything that you you had to give up to become the Ronnie Wright that you are now? I do, but I don't. Um, I have five beautiful children and six grandchildren, and um, they all turned out all right. But they, you know, sometimes they don't return that phone call um, unless it's something needed. I was like, all right, you know, call your daddy sometime and say hello, and <laughs> you know, just. Um, I'm just, I have really no regrets. Everything's been beautiful this far. And I just keep giving them praises, man, for another day. What um, advice would you have for people who might want to become a, a, a photographic star? I always say that, you know, what you guys do is you, uh, you, how can I say it? You capture historical photo documents to me they're all all the, the the photo documents that photographers have have gifted me with and and i have things on the wall i have things in books i've got you know places i to me they're historical photo documents what would you say to young people picking up the camera and what should they think about and what should they look for well, shoot any and everything, but don't don't be one of those statistics where you taking pictures of somebody getting hurt. Let's just say here's a scenario. Here's two girls going to school and there's three girls over here want to beat up one of the sisters. And they start beating on the sister. You gonna sit there and pull out your camera phone to take a picture of that? What are you gonna tell your mother when you get home? So don't do that. You know, if, if something happens like that in that situation, you help her out. And you know, sometimes you had to put that camera down. But you young people, document your history. And if your grandparents are still living, photograph them so you can have that legacy to pass on to your children and get the knowledge from them, learn more about the family. And um, you guys out there, you know, picking up cameras, perfect your craft, get get a couple of books and, and learn how to critique it. Because without the, um, if we didn't have the cell phones and stuff, you wouldn't know how to set an aperture or you don't know what a shutter speed is or anything like that. You have to, like, I've I've done trial and error in the beginning, but I picked up books and learned my lighting techniques and things like that. So just, you know, like, go after it, you know? 
And and then today, what was so cheatable about it, we got Google. So you can ask Google anything to learn that that craft, learn how to take a better picture. I, yeah. I see you sometimes. You you have your professional camera, but you also use your cell phone. You know what? I was against that at the beginning, but them cell phones are so damn interesting because they can get in spaces that we can't get. And, and you know, like on your camera, you can make it raw or whatever. So you got to critique the camera to make it do what it do. And um, to capture that moment, sometimes I need this. Like when I was down there at the, at the family reunion in Texas, I had to, I, I had my camera, but the cell phone, I put it on high resolution so I can get, because it was so many, it was like 200 of them, them Hardaway and uh, uh, family members and stuff like that. You know, that's Stevie's last name, Hardaway. Right. And, and Morrison. So the cell phones come in handy when you need them. So, hey, that technology and, today, I guess we got to go with the flow. And the pictures look great. I mean, some of them shoot yes. in 4K. You know, uh, they yeah. look really, really great. Uh, yep. So, so Ronnie, uh, what would you um, say your next uh, ambitious endeavor is uh, going forward? Um, I don't know. As a, yeah, I'm like I'm on a couple of days sabbatical. Uh, Keith Sweat is having his birthday this weekend, and I unfortunately he asked me to come, and I can't make it at his place out in um, Alpharetta, Georgia. Because I have a friend that's turning 60, and I promised that I would do her birthday party, and I, I can't, I'm a man of my word. So I have to do that this weekend. But um, anything coming up, I'll keep you posted, and um, I'm sure we'll be bumping heads later on this week or next week. Fantastic. And I thank you for the opportunity you, of this today. Well, you know, I, I love you, Ronnie. Uh, you're a great guy. Uh, you're a fun guy. Whenever you come around, there's always a lot of fun. And we've got a, a minute left, and I just want to tell you that uh, I want to thank you for uh, documenting some of my journey. Uh, it's an honor to have a Ronnie Wright photo, and I've got several of them. So, I, might, uh, I might make that wall one day back there, I see. <laughs> yeah, I got some more stuff for you. It's coming, it's coming. Oh, great, 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 I was, great. I was, so, real quick, I was just in um, the sugar bar the other night. I was looking at Valerie's wall up there, so I got to give her some pictures of her and Nick. I got great concert footage of them and, and stuff that, you know, I've been, because I was on the high-rise tour with them back in the in the 80s. So it's, really? it's so much, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, give it up. Well, you know, I, I've got a video of uh, their all-white parties when they used to give those parties every yeah, year before the July. I've got videos of all the three, four, five hundred people that used to come every year all dressed in white. Right. Uh, it is beautiful. So that, that, I've got to get those videos uh, uh, digitized. But in any case, Ronnie, we've, we've run out of time. It's been great. It's been like sitting with you on the sofa talking to you. I really Thanks. appreciate you taking the time. To, uh, to come to Harlem, America, and uh, you are wonderful, and we love you, and you have a great day and a better one tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you around. Harlem, America, I love you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem, America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening. Oh, oh, oh.